we're kind of going through a whole series of putting the spiritual or being reminded of the spiritual side of all that God has done. So we're putting all those pieces back together. And we are in the midst of uh, this Edify series, which is part of this process. So today, unlocking the mystery of the Holy Ones. And we are going to see uh, in, in this, uh, I wish we had a whole lot more time for this, but we have uh, an opportunity to find out or answer the question, who am I? Who, we just had a couple of songs, the Lauren Daigle, You Say, and Casting Crown song, Who Am I? And so we've had some kind of an idea of, of answering that, that God has something more to say about who we are than we often think of ourselves. And then sometimes we get hung up on what the world says about who we are. And this is a refocusing of all of those things in a, in a direction that I hope is helpful because once you hear these things, I don't think you can go back. So let's see, unlocking the mystery of the Holy Ones. There are seraphim. Isaiah 6 gives us a picture. And this is from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. It gives you an idea that there's some spiritual realities, and God has shown up and in, in manifested himself to Isaiah, who's at the temple. He gives the time frame, and he says, I, I, there's a bunch of things going on that affect the, the people of Israel. He's in the temple when this all unfolds, and God has a conversation with him. And he brings along some seraphim. And they have these six wings, and we're getting an idea of, okay, these are, these, these are not normal creatures. And these, these are, and, they, and they know who they are, and they know who God is, and they're reflecting something unique about him, his holiness. So holy, 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 and they're calling out back and forth in the temple, which is the place on earth that God said, build, and, and I'm going to meet with you there. And so he does, and he's in this place. So you get an idea of this, uh, the majesty of this moment, the otherness of this moment. This is not the same as, as going to an aviary and seeing a bunch of birds. This is unique, and it's separate from normal life, which is why Isaiah thought, I should write this down. The whole earth is filled with his glory. So there's, it's not just happening here in the temple. There's something that goes around the world that impacts the people everywhere. So he's, he's giving us a picture of all of that. This is the Lord of heaven's armies, all of the beings that exist. And these are, the, these are seraphim. So there's different beings in the heavens. 
We're going to get another one, Angel of Daniel. Uh, this is the one that shows up in chapter 10. And Daniel is working for the government there in Babylon. He has been hauled away from the city of Jerusalem, from Israel. He was a young man when he was taken, and then he is moved over to Babylon during that captivity. Early on, there were three invasions. He is taken early with some friends, and they were trained up in the culture and educated in the Babylonian ways and so he and he turns out being a good administrator so he has a high ranking job but periodically he goes out and he spends time with the lord in this case he's he's out for a number of days and we're told he's there out there for 3 weeks before he gets an answer to a prayer this is the the angel that shows up in answer to that so on April 23rd as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. So he's, he's been praying for a while. He has an entourage that's with him. And they don't, they don't see this unfold. He's down by the river. And this man who is in the shape of a man, you notice there are no wings. So it, to get images, it, this is hard sometimes to, to put images up that even reflect what the scriptures are doing. So sometimes I'm trying to find things so you guys kind of can you know, benefit from maybe an image to go with these verses. And often the image they put there is some glowing dude with, with angel wings. They go, great. Doesn't say anything about wings. He says, it's a man. This guy is a man. He's in the shape of a man. Except that he glows. And this is a little different. This is the precious gem. It, it, that it's talking about is more of a yellow, yellowish uh, jasper, and so he's he, he. And then you add these other colors in there, so you've got the golden belt, you've got the polished like bronze part of this thing, and his eyes that flame like torches. You know, this isn't this isn't a normal guy from the Middle East. This is something else is going on here, and as Daniel's describing. This event or recording, because he passes out in the midst. You can go to, you know, read that chapter later. He he re responds to this, and the angel helps him back up and gives him the report. But he also says, the Lord answered you 21 days ago. We've been having a battle with another angelic being, uh, the prince of Persia, to try to get here to give you an answer. So he waited, and the answer came. So there's battles going on. There are different beings that exist out there. And when we go through Scripture, we discover, and as we're going through the Hebrew Scriptures, these are called holy ones. And they're the holy ones that sit in the council of heaven with God. They're the holy, holy ones, these beings, these heavenly beings that God has chosen. And, and when they're sent on a mission, they're sent with a, a something to report or to do something then they're called angels but angel means messenger helper it's somebody sent on a mission 
So that's more of what the word means. But these are those angelic beings, and they're unique, and they're different, and there are lots of them. And in general, they're called the holy ones because they are not like everything else. They are um, amazing and just like this. And you're listening to this guy whose, whose voice roars like a vast multitude of people. That'll do something for you, which is why Daniel passed out. And they had, you know, he had to get him back up. So let's look at this. Holy ones, Lord, the heavens praise your wonders. This is Psalm 89.5. Lord, the heavens praise your wonders, your faithfulness also, in the assembly of the holy ones. The holy ones. Where, where is that? It's in the heavenly realms. That's, that's all of the beings. That's the gathering of all of these different beings who have gathered together, reacting, conversing with. Uh, there's a whole lot that goes on in the assembly of the holy ones. In this case, they're acknowledging the Lord as he leads. But there are other times when the Lord is, is conversing with them and asking, inf- asking them for input. So he will ask, for, so what should we do in this situation? What do you guys think? And he gets people, or people, these heavenly beings who respond. That's kind of fun. So the holy ones are not just there playing harps and, and singing songs. They do that, like this psalm is showing us. That's not all they do, because they all have activities. There's all these other things that are unfolding It's just that they are unique, they are set aside, they are set apart for God. They they have a place in this cosmology that God has laid out. That means they can have this relationship with him. They understand that he is who he said he is, that he is the God of heaven. He is the God of gods. So holy, the word, the Hebrew word is kadosh, that means holy, Kedushim is the holy ones. So that will show up. It's not all, it, you can check some of your, your references or, or pull it up online in some of the Bible study apps and, and look at that. But that's what's going to show up there. Sometimes it, it will just talk about a council or a group or a being, but it doesn't always include the holy ones. I think that's going to be... Uh, important to know or recognize that these beings have this unique place, holy being uh, this uniqueness. We do often associate holy with being sinless and pure, and that's part of it. That means that in order to be holy, then something has to, or someone has to have the will or the ability to not be holy, to choose to do something in rebellion or something in opposition to what God has said. But when you look at a lot of the covers on the Bible, it says, Holy Bible. That Bible never chose to do anything wrong. So how is it that that's the definition we go with most of the time? But that's not what holy is. It's unique. It's that set-aside part. It's because there is nothing else like it. So when you take that definition and you say, holy Bible, you go, yeah, there's nothing else like it. It's unique. 
it's set aside. Kadosh. There's nothing that compares with what God has communicated, which is why it's a holy Bible, and also why he is holy. But I want you to think about the Kodashim, the holy ones. What about them? We've just seen a couple of examples from Isaiah and from Daniel. These beings are something. And God has filled the heavens with them. And they're interacting. They're interacting on earth. They're interacting with people. These are all uh, instances of, of human beings having interaction with them. They're around us. They, they play a part in the world that we live in. And they are the holy ones. So Kadosh. Oh, and, and that uh, image that you see there is a, a representation, a carved representation that was uh, found that, that represents the seraphim and they're calling out to each other. But that's the Hebrew letters. So if you want to copy Hebrew letters down, Kodashim, Kodesh, or Kadosh, 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 Holy, Holy, Holy. So what's in that? Um, we go on with Daniel. So here's some holy ones. We're going to talk about some other aspects of, of this. Daniel 7, 9 through 14. I watched as thrones were put in place, and the Ancient One sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow, his hair like purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire. And a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session, and the books were opened. I continued to watch because I could hear the little horn's boastful speech. I kept watching until the fourth beast was killed and its body was destroyed by fire. The other three beasts had their authority taken from them, but they were allowed to live a little while longer. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. And we go through Daniel 7. There, he's having this vision, and there's four different uh, beasts, different images that come, come to mind as he's having this vision. And it gave the history. It wasn't the history when he's talking, but it's our history. We look back, and it, it talks about Persia and Greece and Rome, and it's, and it's all leading forward. And Daniel's in Babylon before any of those things. And he talks about all the things that, that are coming up. And then there's going to be a kingdom change. One will take charge who will always reign. And that's who he's talking about. That one who's like the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. So he's going to come. And he's talking about when the time that Jesus comes. And his kingdom will never be destroyed. And we go on in 7, uh, verse 15, talk about these holy ones some more. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was deeply distressed within me, and the visions in my mind 
terrified me. I approached one of those who were standing by and asked him the true meaning of all this. Now, who's standing by that he could go talk to? Holy ones. The other beings that are around, and he's having this vision, but they're, they're engaged with this. So he let me know the interpretation of these things. These huge beasts, four in number, are four kings who will rise from the earth. But the holy ones of the Most High will receive the kingdom and possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. So who possesses? The holy ones. Huh. So the holy ones are going to play a part in this. He's asking questions. He's talking to a holy one to get information. They can communicate. They understand. And... whether he's speaking Chaldean or Hebrew or whatever it is he's speaking, this this holy one can understand and respond and connect with him. And he says, there, all of these things are going to happen. These political things are going to happen. Nations, wars, uh, things, incredible movement. If you're looking at a map, you can just, in the back of your Bible, it often will have all of these maps. But you can see all of the changes and how these things shifted. And we look at our world today and you go, well, in, in the time you've been alive. If you looked at the map when you got here and you looked at the map today, there's some changes. Names, places, political boundaries, who's in charge of what, all those things. And he's saying, and, and Daniel, God gave him the insight to say, this is what's coming. This is, these are the kingdoms that will be here and this is what's going to unfold. And go, well, yeah, but... You know, what we need is, we need to stop it. We just all need to get along. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? That's what God wants. So he's going to work it in that direction. It happens when we all get together. The holy ones, he says, will receive the kingdom and possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. So the holy ones are coming. They have a, they have a place and they are going to fit into God's plan as he puts all of this together. Just like he told Daniel what was coming, he also knew what would happen in Europe and Asia and Africa and in the Americas and on all the islands in between in all the years, in the intervening years. And he has not lost his touch. He's not lost control. He is moving people from one place to another to accomplish his purposes. There are reasons that he moves people up and he he removes them from power as he's working these things out. But in the end, the holy ones, the holy ones will receive the kingdom. We just listened to to, uh, Lauren Daigle, as I just said, and and, uh, you say, here's some words from that. I keep fighting voices in my head that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me, once again, just who I am, because I need to know. You say I'm loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. And when I don't belong, you say I'm yours. I believe. I believe. The other... Song, Who Am I? Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name? Would care to feel my hurt? Who am I that the bright and morning star would choose to light the way for my ever-wandering 
heart. Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I'm a flower quickly fading. Just here today, gone tomorrow. A wave tossed in the ocean, a vapor in the wind. Still, you hear me when I'm calling. Lord, you catch me when I'm falling. And you told me who I am. I'm yours. I'm yours. So who are these holy ones who, were, who will receive this amazing kingdom that the Son of Man who rides in on the clouds of heaven will bring? You are. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. When you read the word in the beginning of these letters of Paul, he will write to the saints of, and you'll see that in, in the, usually in the first couple of verses, and he references, and, and, and the translators have taken that, those, the word for saint, because it, we borrow it from the Latin, and then it has all sorts of connotations. And we add to that uh, certain meanings. And then, well, I'm not a saint. You know, people, if, if they feel bad about themselves, they feel really good about themselves. Yeah, I'm a saint. Pope ought to know that. <laughs> but we... It, we take that word and run it in all kinds of directions. That is not what those words are translated as in Hebrew or in Greek. Think. Holy ones. He's writing these to the holy ones of Ephesus. The holy ones of Colossae. To the holy ones of the church to the holy ones who will inherit. And Peter is remarking on that, a holy nation. God is bringing all of these people. And it's not the nation of Israel that has a place. There's still history to, and things to be worked out with, with Israel. But those who believe because of what God has done, then those who believe in Jesus are the true children of Abraham. This goes all the way back. This is before Israel. All the way back to Abraham. The children of, of Abraham are the children of faith. Those who believe in the one true God. Those who follow him. And they are from every nation. And that's what he says. We're going to bring them all in. We're going to have a chosen race. A royal priesthood. A holy nation of people for his possession. Part of the family. So this is God's family bringing them in. So who are the holy ones? He has a... In the heavens, we have all sorts of beings, glowing, winged, speaking with a multitude of voices. And you, you will be amazing as a holy one. It begins now. It goes on forever and ever because his kingdom will not go away. You belong to him as a possession of and, and a part of 
this amazing thing that God is bringing about in the world and in the heavens. As Paul addresses the, the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 2, I'm writing to God's church in Corinth, to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. I'm writing to you, God's church, who have been called by God to be his own holy people. Kind of puts a different spin on it, doesn't it? Imagine being in the presence of the living God, discovering that you are more than you ever thought. Your abilities, your thinking, your gifts, your talents, and he brings it all to bear. It's a whole nother level. And he takes everyone who calls on his name, who believes in him, who trusts in him, who follows him. He is He's changing it all. I got... Um, um, a message text asking if there would be baseball in heaven. And with the follow-up one was, I am serious. <laughs> okay. So what about that? This is, this is, if we start from humanity, if we start from our perspective, everything becomes... You know, if you if you got a, a, a great uncle or granddad and he loved to fish, well, he dies. Well, you know, he's up there fishing because, you know, he's going to catch a big one now because it's all about reflecting earth in heaven. That's, that's typically the direction we go. We start with what we know, what we feel. I hope we get to eat the food that I like there and because it all begins with us. And, that, and also the people who are going, well, I can't wait to go see uh, if, it, if it's somebody that you really cared for or something, then it's gonna, I can't wait to see Mildred. You're kind of missing the point. There is a person on that throne who has given everything to make it possible for you to not only live here, but to live with him Forever. We've got to get that sideways because we all start from here and we go there. So we need to know if there's baseball because I like baseball here. I need baseball to be there because that's the only way life can be fulfilling or interesting or fun. Or Didn't name the team. I know what team it is. But it's not how it works. When they built the temple in Jerusalem or the tabernacle in the desert, they built a copy, a shadow of what was already in heaven. Moses on Mount Sinai was allowed to see into heaven. And this is what I want you to build. So you build this. This is a copy, a shadow. What we experience, what, what, we're, what we are seeing unfolding, even as God is working out his plan, is still a shadow of what is to come. It's not doesn't make it any less real or important or valuable. But this is the shadow. This is the copy. This isn't the one we go, well, I need this extended into heaven because that would make heaven heaven. Uh-uh. Remember 
Jesus said, don't pray like that. You're asking God the Father to make heaven on earth. The real thing, really here. Where does it happen? It starts with us. He brings it in here. Why would he do that? Who are the holy ones? Here. Walking around. It starts with us. Bring heaven here. So when it comes time to drive down the highway and somebody cuts me off and I have the right to yell at them because now I'm angry. If I'm a holy one and heaven exists here, how am I going to respond? What if I'm disappointed and things just don't go right and the family ought to listen to me and if they would just do it my way? What if heaven's here and we respond from his perspective? What if we actually forgave people for the hurts, for the problems, for the issues? What if we allowed, as holy ones, heaven to begin here? And then we lived it out, extend it into this world, which is the plan. And one day, we won't be here to do that because we're going to join with those other beings, the other holy ones, the whole big family of God with all their wings and all the fluttering and the holy, 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 and then a whole lot of other activity. Back to the baseball. We are not extending those things there. Whatever activities, inventiveness, creativity, innovation, work, fulfillment, meaningfulness, purpose that we found here is a reflection, a copy of what is there, what God has already done. He's, we are the imagers of God. He has made us in his image. Y'all miss that from the first part of Genesis? I mean, he starts off pretty much with that. We reflect him. So, will those things be there? Probably. This is a reflection, a copy. It'll be better. Whatever it is, sports, activities, jobs, all of it. Because this is a copy. And it ain't so perfect. But when we get there, it will be. And he takes it and explodes it and he turns us loose in it to live it out as part of his family, as holy ones. So when you read saints, don't get stuck. Remember, he's talking about you. He's talking about the holy ones. Reframe. God is holy and he has a holy family made up of heavenly and earthly members. He has more for us than we can imagine. For all of us. Because that heavenly family comes down to help. That's when they're called ministering angels, ministering spirits. They come along and they, they help with answering prayers like for Daniel. Uh, battling the dark side. Uh, other beings. And also being a part of, part of our lives to help us help us along the prince of darkness enjoys destroying god's family he likes to divide he likes us to get hung up it can be hung up i mean it can be as simple as the word saint and if we get stuck on that word we miss out understanding the fullness of what god has or it can be i'm going to read the bible but i'm going to leave out any spiritual reference i'm not going to see the, the cosmology, this bigger picture that God has laid out, he's given us a book with that in, information in it. 
I'm just going to disregard it. I'm just going to I'm just going to read the part that makes me feel good. Or if I read something about a moral tale, I'll say, well, that's a nice that's a nice story. I should be like that guy. And the Prince of Darkness is going, yeah, do that. I don't want you to understand what God has given you. I don't want you to understand the the incredible power of the book you have available to you and understand that when it has Holy Bible on it, there's a reason. It doesn't want us to know that. So he blinds people, and that's why there's a bunch of Bibles sitting on coffee tables with dust on them. Let's just leave them there. We open them up and let them say what they say. He's in trouble. You are a member of God's holy family. And as a member of God's holy family, you have a whole different way of approaching the world, of seeing the world, of responding to the world, of responding to life. And if we are a flower quickly fading, we don't have a whole lot of time here. You know, if you make it to 100, you've done good. We don't have all that time, that much time. So, how do we plan our lives? Well, you know, basically, you just plan it through a retirement. You know, get out of school, get an education, get a job, save money, retire. That's short-sighted. If a hundred years is it, and there's an unending number of years after that, which one should we be focused on? Which one should we really prepare for? As a holy people, we know. We belong to a holy family, a holy nation, God's own possession, who will be taking care of us and loving us and, and in, including us in this wider family of seraphim and cherubim, and all kinds of other creatures that are just amazing and marvelous. So welcome to the family. You get to be part of that. I hope that unlocked the mystery of the Holy Ones a little bit. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us some time together to look into the scriptures, to look into the things that are out there and here. Thank you for allowing us to know Jesus Thank you for the things that he is, he is working. Thank you that he comes on the clouds of heaven and that he will reign. He is our king. He is our king. And in his name we pray. Amen. I wander so aimless, life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came.